Let me get a 10-piece hot, extra crispy, extra wet. Let me get a blue cheese. Matter of fact, two. I'm on celery and fries and a peach drink. And make sure my fries is hot because they was cold last time. to the Extra Crispy, Extra Wet Podcast, hosted by the Young Aunties. All right, everybody, come on in the room. Come on in the room. Welcome, welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Extra Crispy, Extra Wet Podcast, hosted by us, the Young Aunties. Y'all could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us, and we appreciate that now, if this is your first time joining, you might be wondering what is a young auntie. Well, I'm gonna let you know. A young auntie is any woman moving, shaking, living her best life out here, doing everyday, regular, schmegular, degular things that we do. Y'all know what it is: working, side hustling, chasing dreams, leading families, starting businesses, kicking ass, taking names, and trying to avoid being sexually assaulted all while doing so. What does a young auntie talk about? Well, I'm gonna tell you everything. World news, politics, sex, love, relationships, our favorite wine, the newest travel destinations we want to go on, that bitch that got you fucked up at work, fashion, gossip, celebrity news, finances, kids, look, you name it, we discuss it. But above all else, we like to focus on what's going on right here in Atlanta, the big A, because we out here. All right? So we're going to go ahead and get started. Y'all know we down here in the South, like I said, Atlanta to be exact. And down here, we say it's rude to walk in a room and not introduce yourself. So we're going to do that first. Kay, kick us off. What's going on, everybody? It's Auntie Kirby, a.k.a. Where is Kirby Ann, a.k.a. The West Side Woodniff, and I'm checking in from the SWATs, as usual. All right. And every team needs a shooter. We got ours. That's me. That's Aunt Kaylee, a.k.a. Killer Kaylee with no kills, a.k.a. The original Kaylee, established in 1985. Hashtag stop gentrifying my name. Y'all gonna quit gentrifying our name. I keep telling y'all. Know what y'all got going on up here. Okay. All right. Well, y'all know what we do. First things first, we got to say what we got on that good old plate. So, Auntie Kaylee, what you eating on today? What's your wing order of the day? I think I'm going to do like a old-fashioned, just old-school, um, extra crispy, hot. Uh, with some blue cheese mm-hmm. and a side of celery. Keep it simple. That's what I'm feeling today. I heard that sometimes a classic is best. Just go with go with what works. Yes. Sometimes you want to eat and you know you're gonna like it. <laughs> exactly. You, know? you, you ain't gotta do something you gotta take no chances. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right, Auntie Kirby, what's on your plate today? You know, I've been having trouble with making decisions recently, so I'm gonna mm-hmm. get some lemon yaki hot. <clears throat> I want them extra crispy, but I also want them extra wet because uh, I want to feel all the teriyaki, all the hot sauce, and all of the lemon pepper um, at the same time. I'm going to do a 10-piece, uh, keep it cute. Definitely going to get a side of celery and carrot today. Extra chunky blue cheese from JR Crickets and also some of that cracked ranch. Uh, what's up, Auntie uh, Jazzy? Uh, some of that cracked ranch from uh, Wingstop. Um, I'm going to get a half a gallon of water because I need to push all of this stuff out of my system. And I'm also going to get some greens because I'm an adult. So I'm going to have me a side salad with a little lemon vinaigrette, uh, a few little cranberries on top, maybe some walnuts or something just to give me a little juxtaposition. I'm probably not going to be able to taste it because of the wing flavor, but either way, it's important and it's functional. That's what's on my plate today. I heard that. Specifics. 
That's what we call specifics right there. All right. Well, my play is going to be, I guess, pretty simple as well. But you know what? In, in, in light of what I've been experiencing lately, I think I'm going to go ahead and get me a 10-piece lemon pepper because I'm allergic to it. But people tend to want you to do shit that ain't good for you. <laughs> I can't say this. So I'm going to do that. <laughs> and I guess we'll get into that a little bit later in the show with a little more explanation. But yeah, I'm going to go ahead and get me some shit I'm allergic to. I'm allergic to citrus. But I'm going to go ahead and get a 10-piece lemon pepper. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and get that good chunky blue cheese with it though, and some celery and some um carrots because I like it. And I'm gonna go ahead and get me a good old great misty slush from Dairy Queen to go with it. And I think I'm gonna go ahead and get that half gallon of water as well because balance hashtag balance. I'm here for it, and yeah, that's that's what's on my plate today. So the aunties is gonna be eating good. All right, y'all, we're going to keep it moving right into that good old auntie of the day. Jazzy ain't here, as y'all see, but we're going to hold it down. I think Auntie Kirby got a good little auntie of the day that we'll be coming back to later on in the show as well. I'll tell y'all, and especially in relation to the conversation around balance, we're going to tell you some of the um, more demure things about our auntie of the day. Um, and then we're going to jump into some of uh, some of her other items later on in the menu. The Honorable Lisa Louise Lucas Burke. Uh, she is a city council woman um, out of Portsmouth, Virginia. Um, her term was supposed to expire December 31st, 2024. We'll tell you more about why it is expiring a little bit uh, earlier later on in the show. But she is actually a product of Portsmouth Public, uh, Portsmouth Public Schools. She graduated from Manor High School in 1981, uh, where she was actually a member of the concert uh, and marching Mustangs band. Um, and she was also introduced to society as a debutante. Uh, a Eureka debutante in 1981. Um, shout out to the debutantes. She went to Norfolk State University um, and she uh, has been working um, as a councilwoman for some time. She's very politically active and she is very much uh, for women's rights and for the rights of children and making sure that there is diversity in the community. And she has tried to maintain that as a councilwoman in Portsmouth, Virginia. Um, and so we just wanted to throw one up for her. Shout her out. She's actually a member also of St. Mark Missionary Baptist Church. Um, and she enjoys aerobics, fitness, as well as art collecting, poem writing, playing the flute and saxophone, um, and enjoying vacationing with her husband, Herb. And she may be on vacation with him uh, for an extended period of time. And we'll we'll talk a little bit about that later. But shout out to you, Auntie Lisa Lucas Burke. We appreciate you. Yes, debutante. Okay. Love to see it. <laughs> All right, that is our auntie of the day. Another woman that until this week I didn't know about, but oh, we have heard about her now. Yes, we have. And we'll say some of the other details for later. Exactly, because I feel like we're gonna continue hearing about her and that's what's up. I hope so. All right, well, it's time to get into the menu. Y'all ready for it? Yeah. All right, let's go. Kirby, I'm coming to you. You always hook us up with what's going on in Atlanta and Georgia. And it's a couple things to highlight. And I'm gonna throw it over to you. What is going on in the A? The ballots are in. Yeah, child. So, you know, um, and I think we touched on it a little bit last week, but anybody who don't know, Kemp did win the uh, Republican nomination for governor in the state of Georgia. However, let me also prop that up and add some balance. Um, our girl, Stacey Abrams, uh, won the um, uh, primary for uh, the Democratic side. Yay! So it's going to be a battle royale. Okay. Yes. Um, I'm looking forward to that comb over getting slashed and dashed. 
out here. Um, <laughs> definitely looking forward to that. Um, he needs to. He definitely needs to visit the supercuts as soon as possible because um, he's definitely going to get cut from the team. Um, with that said, uh, also uh, in Atlanta, uh, really quick, there was actually an Alabama officer uh, who was sentenced for smuggling meth into his fiance in the Atlanta federal prison. Y'all, as we talk about balance today, that is not what we meant. Um, I understand trying to find balance in different places in life, but that is not what we meant. You don't smuggle things into jail. So we appreciate it if y'all would keep it cute. The other thing we wanted to bring to you all's attention, uh, if you are uh, a citizen of Georgia, uh, monkeypox, then cartwheeled its way into our street. Um, it says, uh, what Georgia residents should know, the health threat people are talking about in Georgia this week isn't so much COVID-19, but monkeypox. Um, it actually says that the health threat people um, need to be concerned about this week isn't, again, COVID, but monkeypox. Um, it looks to be that uh, a single case of monkeypox was uh, reported in Massachusetts. Now, y'all might think that's far away, but as we know with COVID, things can travel. Uh, so far, no other states are reporting cases. However, this is not the first time the virus has caused Georgians to be on alert. In July 2021, 26 people in the Peach State were monitored for monkeypox after coming in contact with a person who contracted the weird disease before flying from Nigeria to Atlanta and then to Dallas. Um, it's usually contained uh, to, it's a disease that's usually contained to Central and West Africa and is very rare. Um, it actually is not nearly as contagious as the common cold or COVID-19, uh, but it can be potentially serious and it does have flu-like symptoms, things like swelling of the lymph nodes uh, before progressing to the rest of the body in a rash or pox. Uh, sometimes the infections can persist for up to four weeks. It says here that Massachusetts health officials said in a new release uh, that this particular case does not pose a risk to the general public. Um, and that the ill person in Massachusetts is actually doing okay. Um, quick note on how it spreads. It normally spreads through bites and scratches from rodents and small mammals preparing wild game or coming into contact with an infected animal. So individuals can also be infected through contact with infected people, their clothing. So if you like rolling around with monkeys, you might want to um, not do that for a little while. Um, so something to keep in mind. So Georgia, definitely um, be, be attentive, be alert. Uh, make sure that y'all are going hand in hand with your partners to get tested so you don't get monkey pots because it also uh, can be transmitted uh, skin to skin. Um, and we know how Atlanta don't like to follow instructions. So keep that in mind. And for now, that is what is going on in Atlanta and the GA. Mm, mm, mm. And much like COVID, this stuff be coming from folks doing shit they ain't supposed to be doing. Why y'all out here hanging out with monkeys? Right. <laughs> And it's not even from monkeys, if I'm not mistaken. Like, <clears throat> what's crazy is if you're handling wild game or you're going to a country where they eat animals that they don't eat in the country that you came from, yeah, you got to be careful, sweetie. Like, things jump from animal to animal. My question is, why <laughs> all the latest outbreaks, why are they always coming out of, you know, third world countries, allegedly? Like, really, Europe never has any kind of spreads or outbreaks? I'm just just curious about that like it's always africa or i mean obviously COVID. you know china was blamed for that but it seems like white people are never blamed for like an outbreak just curious well you know things like smallpox common cold syphilis etc i guess they figured what now uh -huh. <laughs> i can't 
there's all kinds of things, you know. Uh, we could definitely have the conversation around how uh, Europe was brought out of the plague and the dark ages, mm. et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to go there with everybody today. <laughs> um, but most likely, I ain't even going to hold you. The way things are going, it probably is they fault because who knows? It might have been some folks playing around with some animals and released them back into the wild in, these, in some of these developing nations just to see what happens. See what happened with COVID, didn't we? Yeah, I've never seen, I mean, outside of like Mike Tyson, I've never seen black people or known black people to just like secretly have, or, and Michael Jackson, I'm sorry, Mike Tyson, Michael Jackson. I've never known any black people to have like pet monkeys or exotic animal type fetishes. Um, I've known a few that like pythons, but we're not friends no more. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't do reptiles at all. That's not even cute. Yeah, I don't know. I I know. Um, you know, the Caucasian persuasion has been known to spread a plague or two. Um, you know, we got children's songs and everything. Ring around the rosy, a pocket full of posies, <laughs> ashes, ashes. They all fall down. It was so innocent until I took a history class and <laughs> found out what that meant. You know, they had to come all the way over here just to learn how to bathe. Lord um, yes. So you know. They, they, they had they, they fair share. So um this 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 corrections officer in Alabama, like first of all, this lady to give context, this lady Jennifer, she was 53 years old. Okay. Um, she was in here bringing contraband to her 45-year-old quote unquote fiance, Julius. How you engaged to somebody in prison? I still don't understand how people big. date folks that are locked up. That don't even sound. <laughs> and not, not only are you you engaged to somebody who locked up, you're a correctional officer. But that's who be doing it the most. I have a family member. I ain't gonna save you, but yeah, you 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 are ridiculous. You're a 53 year old correctional officer engaged to an inmate in another state. That's called low self esteem and low. Oh my gosh. Like really, and then they say like the, what what allegedly happened was she went into the restroom, so I guess she had it somewhere, and she had a cylindrical package in her hand, and she tried to hand it across the seat to her um, fiance, and a guard caught her. So shout out to the guard who caught her, and they asked another guard to take a closer look, and they ended up finding the contraband, um, and they had it tested, and it was found to have been containing meth. Um, so now she's getting faced with all these charges and it's going to do time. And it's like at the last place as a corrections officer, I'm sure you want to end up with in prison. So, you know, now your fiance can go find another sucker. I mean, maybe they can be together depending upon what judge can put in. Well, didn't that just, didn't this literally just happen? Was it Alabama also with the prison guard who, uh, freed the guy and they were on the run? Oh my god, I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, I don't know what's going on. Maybe one of them can say that they trans and they can be on okay. the same unit with the help us God. Since they're doing that now. I can't. You know. We can see, but I mean, you know, and then as far as Kemp and uh Purdue, I mean that was definitely a one to watch. Um it, it's so funny how that ended up being a, a rivalry. Um yeah. both of them scared of Stacey. Mm-hmm. Well, the fact that the Republican Party even put up someone to run against their incumbent, mm-hmm. that says a lot. It says a whole lot. 
as I was riding down from the mountains, there are a lot of uh, Republican uh, nominees for for numerous uh, positions who on their political signs and signage and marketing says endorsed by Trump. And I'm just like, this feels like he took the concept from Trump Towers. I'm, I'm going to go to somebody and say, I want to put my name on your building, et cetera. And it's the same thing. We want to keep his name in the news cycle. We want to keep his name relevant because we all know he's probably going to run in 2024, which y'all please, please, please don't do yourself like that. Now, I don't know who the Democratic nominee going to be. And I understand that the office of the president is a position that has all kinds of fool coming from all directions, from all parties. But y'all know we don't need Orange Hitler again. So please stop playing and don't play around with people that he endorses either. There you go. Well, speaking of playing, uh, Walmart <laughs> playing around and decided to put some new products on the shelves, and it didn't work, turn out exactly the way they wanted. Now, we all know that Joe Biden made um, Juneteenth an official federal holiday. Now, Juneteenth is something that we've been celebrating for a long time, but I guess, you know, white America is, is catching up. Um, the company is apologizing for putting Celebration Edition, edition Juneteenth ice cream um, in its freezers under their Great Value label. Um, social media basically jumped in and it's caused a lot of backlash. Uh, the label says, share and celebrate African-American culture, emancipation, and enduring hope on the red velvet cheesecake flavored <laughs> ice cream. So I guess that's what freedom, emancipation, and enduring hope Tastes like I never would have known. Bob Hart's spokesperson said Juneteenth holiday marks the celebration of freedom and independence. However, we received feedback that a few items caused concern for some of our customers, and we sincerely apologize. We're reviewing our assortment and will remove items uh, as appropriate. Um, So, for those of you who may not know, um, Juneteenth is not the end of is not the celebration marking the end of slavery. It ended the when the slaves were told in Galveston, Texas, in 1865, when the Union soldiers arrived and told them like, "Hey, y'all free now. The Civil War is over and slavery is abolished." Because as you may imagine, um, slave owners were not especially enthused to let their slaves know that they were free <laughs> and that they could leave. Um, African Americans, Black people, whatever you want to call us, um, have long celebrated this this holiday that we created um and much like the fourth of july for others we have parties picnics cookouts you know gatherings and things like that um when we celebrate now i do want to point something out because by their statement walmart had me a little curious about how they said they took the ice cream out and reviewing their other assortment so i'm like well what other assortment of items that they had because you would think that the ice cream was it no, so I went to Walmart.com to do a little research. Oh God! And they have Juneteenth party supplies, cups, straws, forks, napkins. They also have tablecloths, table runners, a Juneteenth party banner. They have streamers that say "Celebrate Juneteenth." Um, there, there are other wall decorations that you can put up, y'all. There are so many T-shirts in here, I couldn't even count. Um, it, Do all of them have Doug, uh, Frederick Douglass on them? No, but they have like a lot of Celebrate Juneteenth. They have like a lady with an afro. 
uh, with a bunch of um, black shit in her hair, like black sayings and stuff and freedom sayings. There are a lot of like house flags, like the flags that you can put on your on your front porch. This is Black History, is American History, Juneteenth. Um, what's funny is that a, a lot of the uh, models, you know, that they have wearing the shirts are uh, white. Um, no, <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. That, that's the funny part. I'm looking at one right now. Let me screenshot it before they take it away and call me That sounds like Halloween when they be marketing Afro wigs on white women. I just can't. Yeah, they got cupcake toppers. You know, um, they're books, but those books have been, you know, in, you know, rotation book like children's books that people wrote. Um, celebrate Juneteenth, 619-1865. A lot of those freedom days and it's been, let me tell you, it's all kind of stuff that Walmart is still selling that says Juneteenth. Why is this an issue, someone may say? Isn't this a good thing? It's wonderful. It's a holiday. The thing about it is there are many ways to celebrate. Um, and the first thing that comes to mind shouldn't be capitalizing mm-hmm. on our holiday. But this is America. So. Um, a lot of people have been encouraging Black people to, and all people, not Black people, all people, to buy Black-owned ice cream companies. They've been yes. you know, promoting those. One is actually in Target. I think it's called Cream Malicious. Ooh. Um, so, yeah, like there, there's been... Some 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 good because it's it's causing people to do a little bit more research. Anyway, I want to get you guys' um opinion. Oh, by the way, last thing I want to say is that someone did trademark Juneteenth, but it's a Kim Laboratory company. What? Another another, um weird thing that we don't even own the trademark. I just want to say, black people, my black people. We got to stop giving away our things. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm really glad that we have Juneteenth now as a federal holiday, even though that is not going to stop companies from keeping folks from utilizing as a federal holiday, a la Martin Luther King Day, uh, which, if I'm not mistaken, the state of Arizona still does not recognize or allow uh, state employees or anyone else to be off from work that day. But we'll talk about that again later. What I'm interested in communicating about this, and, and, and also, like, I mean, the Waltons are who they are so i am not surprised that this product managed to get through any type of quality or r&d uh department or marketing department um at walmart um because hashtag sell it all sell your soul um but black people we've got to really take agency and autonomy over our culture we sell too much of our stuff or allow too much of our stuff to be sold the fact that some organization that probably ain't got no black people in it has uh trademarked juneteenth we got to stop giving these people culture to capitalize off of. And it's not just white people. If you go around the world, hip hop culture has essentially been bought and sold by every other country other than us. We benefit very little from the culture that we continue to to give and pour into this planet. And, and, and part of the reason why everybody's got a little rhythm, got a little energy in their life is because of people of color from all around the diaspora. So I would just, as far as I'm concerned, I'm not even addressing Walmart because again, capitalist uh, organization and a capitalist society, but black people, I would say as we continue to move forward and make strides towards our freedom, uh, socially, emotionally, spiritually, financially, etc. Stop telling everybody about everything 
these folks didn't need to know about Juneteenth. Next thing we know, folks gonna be tap dancing on on uh, on television in Easter suits, uh, talking about abolitionism. So I just I, I can't I can't. So black people, please, if we don't learn nothing else from this, keep certain things at the kitchen table. Keep it to yourself. Keep it in a drawer with a hot comb and stored. <laughs> well, if I could just say, my only my qualms with this are. It's Juneteenth. It's a black holiday. We should be, if you're going to buy a t-shirt, if you're going to buy cupcake decorations or a flag or whatever, go to a black-owned business. Thank Don't you. go to Walmart. Mm-hmm. Um, also, what is Walmart doing? Because Walmart has a horrible track record of treating their how they treat their employees and those work conditions. And you know that that is a lot of minority people as well as just, you know, I hate to say it, but like... Poor people are, are disenfranchised people um, otherwise. So what are you doing to help your employees? And what are you doing specifically to help your Black employees, your minority employees? Because rolling this out for a month and a half to make more profits really doesn't help anything. Because you I mean, ain't giving the people raises. Right. Yeah. I agree. That makes sense. Um, you you trying to do this general team. What are you doing for the descendants of slaves? <laughs> right. Y'all got built like I don't know that how y'all have essentially worth. turned into slaves at y'all company. Um, yes, yes. It's like modern day slaves. I have a lot of I did want to taste that ice cream. I didn't. Most ice creams <laughs> that are red velvet cheesecake flavored are disgusting. Just get some regular red velvet cheesecake and keep it pushing out here. And then they have like white chocolate and macadamia nuts in it, which too much sugar. Which I'm trying to say is black people got all black people got diabetes. I mean, I'm, I mean, but they could have already they could have just rolled out the road, uh, red velvet flavor, and black people likely would have just bought it. Like you didn't have to put the Juneteenth tag on it. You really didn't. And then it was looking like a pan-African flag with one extra uh, and accent color. And I'm like, y'all, what in the Kuzi Chagalia? Well, and then, but then you know what? When they do, when they roll out products like that also, they know white people aren't going to buy it. And then things slowly fade away because all they care about is their profit margin. But if you actually marketed products that black people liked and wanted to buy, like I said, if it was just red velvet ice cream with nothing ridiculous on it about Juneteenth, black people might just buy it, like just strolling through an owl. Um, yeah. But then when I feel like you're pandering to me, I'm less inclined to buy it. And then white people absolutely aren't going to buy it in most situations. I would have felt At better least. if they had put Patty LaBelle on a commercial and just put her patty pies up there for Juneteenth. <laughs> Patty pie ice cream or something. I, would hope <laughs> I just imagine like some tone deaf person really imagined us like opening that ice cream, sticking a spoon in, <laughs> tasting it, and be like, mmm, I can taste the emancipation in this one. <laughs> this tastes like freedom. Mmm. Mm, I feel like I can quality. run across the Mason Dixon line. <laughs> I can taste the reparations. Like somebody really thought that that was gonna go over well, and it did. End, which goes back to you ain't got enough of a certain uh, kind of us mm-hmm. in the room. I feel like if you eat that ice cream, you suddenly turn into one of them dolls. Uh, from oh my god, what is that show? 
Lovecraft Country. Did y'all ever watch that? Oh, Lord, yeah. There was an episode where they had these two girls that were dolls, and I feel like if you eat that ice cream, you'll probably turn into one of those. I feel, like you, I feel like if you eat that ice cream, you're just going to have to immediately take a shit, because most black people are lactose intolerant. <laughs> we don't even need no goddamn ice cream. You, you and and there it is. We are lactose, exactly. That shit ain't even good for us. I ain't yeah, we lie. don't even well, work well with our systems and our body. I still want to taste that ice cream. Okay, okay. um, <laughs> we're gonna move along. All right, from Juneteenth to oh man, a little heavier subject: drug use. All right, so drug use is a, is a reality, right? And there is something coming up about. Testing your drugs, Kirby, is that correct? Uh, yes, it is. Um, Kaylee, did you want to tell us more? I got this one. So, yeah, there are some new test strips that are now available in Atlanta that allow you to test out your illegal uh, substances for the um, presence of fentanyl, which we all know is wreaking Ooh. havoc on people across the country. Um, and I'm sure it's, um, you know, across the world. Um, <clears throat> so these test strips, they just legalized it, which I don't even know why they were illegal in the first place, um, but they can d- detect the president presence of fentanyl and street drugs like heroin, meth, and cocaine. Um, and there is a little five points pharmacy began or began selling test strips um, a few days ago or last week. Um when I saw the story, I mean, I think it's kind of like a no-brainer. Um, I think every drug user should, well, let me say, uh, <laughs> people who use substances should have the right to know, I guess, even those illegal activity they're engaging in, but to know, like, if I intend to use meth or heroin or cocaine, I don't have the intent to use fentanyl. And I think they have the right to know what is in their drugs. So I think it's a good law. The problem is um, the drug users that I've come in contact with uh, through work um, have not known of anyone in my personal life who who, who has used hard drugs. Um, they don't, they're not really responsible people. So I don't see someone swinging by like the five points pharmacy to pick up a test strip before they pick up the meth or heroin or cocaine or whatever to test it um or that they will have someone around them that will do that for them um i don't know how practical that is um you know hopefully it could spark some culture because this is not a new um technology Canada has been utilizing um, these types of like testing kits and testing strips for some time now. And it actually, to my knowledge, has helped to decrease uh, opioid deaths and then just ODing in general and making sure that you have the correct drugs. Because there are other types that can test, you know, if you do things like uh, MDMA, Molly, that kind of stuff to make sure that it is safe. It's like a typically it's like a colored strip similar to like if you do a pH test in water. Um, or something like, or some other type of substance. And so I would hope that this would encourage people to be safer about their quote unquote party activities. Um, I tend to come from a direction, especially as a person um, who occasionally enjoys a little green. Um, I wouldn't want one to lace my stuff with anything. And so that would be something that I would definitely invest in, although it is 
I ain't gonna lie to you. You probably can figure out without testing some green uh, <laughs> that just lays with something um, because it has a particular smell. But I think it is still something important to introduce, especially here in America and especially in places like Georgia where there are constantly being uh, these big batches of fentanyl lace drugs being found all over the state. So I think this is an important step forward. I hope that people utilize it, although I, I agree with you, Auntie Kaylee. Uh, the people who do utilize uh, things like uh, cocaina and the uh, meth and heroin tend not to necessarily always be the most responsible people, but I don't want to necessarily throw 100% shade at them because there are some people who are utilizing these drugs for various reasons. I'm not necessarily going to 100% judge you, but please, y'all, if you are, you know, doing some very interesting party drugs, make sure that you're doing so as safely as possible. I mean, obviously, you know, sometimes we want some dare stuff out here. We would hope that you're not doing anything that is going to compromise any of your uh, bodily systems, but your body, your choice. Um, so please play it safe out here, y'all. Um, definitely look into this. Um, little five points is a hop, skip, and a jump away. And most of y'all, your dealers are probably on the east side anyway um, or in that, head in that direction or in Buckhead somewhere because I know where y'all girls and boys be getting your stuff from. So just swing by little five points. Get you a test kit, um, especially if you're going to be doing specifically any type of party drugs and your connect is not somebody that you know extremely well. Just, you know, play it safe out here. Life is hard enough. And don't nobody want to get in a phone call in the middle of the night uh, worried about the fact that you're in the emergency room because you decided, oh, I'm going to snort this, smoke this, inject this, and now you done OD'd and had a heart attack and somebody got to come get you. I agree, but if I could, I want to clarify. I personally believe that all drugs should be um, <clears throat> decriminalized and whatever should be legal or whatever. People are going to do what they want to do. True. Um, I think that there's such a complex the prison industrial complex is such that i feel people would be hesitant and reluctant to go to a pharmacy and pick up a strip mm-hmm. knowing that they're engaging in illegal activity and so i i think the the nature of the of the, the type of person who might be engaging in drugs regularly or routinely um, already might be an irresponsible person who might not tend to do something like that anyway and take that extra precaution. But then the flip side is someone who might use those drugs as like a party substance might have fear or paranoia of being flagged for it, you know, and, and our drug laws are very harsh in America. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, in comparison to other countries. So. And it could be used as evidence, I guess. Well, didn't you go to such and such and purchase right. a test strip test strip kit? Right. Yeah, I can see how that could definitely be a double-edged sword. Right. Absolutely. I definitely wouldn't swipe my card. Right. You better pay cash. <laughs> right. Um, Put your mask on. Where? Your mask. I wasn't there. But I, um, I think there, there are different reasons. Like, if, it's, if you're a parent, and you found something that appears to be drugs in your child's room. Good point. Or under items, maybe you just want to test it to see what is, if fentanyl is in it, you know, um, as you're trying to figure out how to move forward with dealing with that. You know, it may not be necessarily that person's drug use that's causing them to buy that. Maybe they're buying it for someone that they know who is or suspects is on drugs in an attempt to try to get them to do the best that they can with you know their drug use, um, and, uh, and <laughs> I'm I'm just serious when I say this, but um, I am judging. Like I'm very judgmental 
And I think people need to be more judgmental. And if they were, we would make better choices. Um, like, so I am judging because it's like, why are you on drugs? Like, what's, what's going on? Um, and I, I can play devil's advocate and say, well, are we making it easier for people to do drugs because we're taking away that fear that may cause them not to do the drugs because they may say, well, I don't want to do the drugs because fentanyl might be in it and they're doing that. So I'm going to not do the drugs as opposed to, well, I can do the drugs because I can test it. So I can play devil's advocate there too. But I think generally overall, like she said, people going to do what they want to do. Yeah. Um, and if there's something there that can keep them from doing that drug that is making people literally eat people's faces off. Oh God. Yeah. Crazy stuff. I mean, Bad you know what thoughts. I mean? Like, Throw back to bath sauce, right? <laughs> right, like this. These drugs are and flocka, really bad. That flocka. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's Florida. just like it's just like flocka and all that. Like this is really affecting people. It is. Um, and 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 until we address the drug problem, the way it really needs to be addressed and dealt with, at least this is something mm-hmm. in place. This is like a little band aid on a bullet wound, but it, it's something. <laughs> It's something. So um, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how this works and how it rolls out um, and if it expands. Yeah. So I guess we'll see. Um, moving forward, um, we down here in the South and we definitely know a very specific connotation when we say Southern Baptist. Oh, yeah. Amen. Amen. All right. Amen. God is good. All the time. Oh, and all, all the, the time. time. God is God good. He may not come when you want him, but it would. Be there oh, right oh. on time. Yes, on time. man. He's an on-time God. Yes, he's. All right. So <laughs> say all that to say church is a culture down here. Um, but unfortunately, part of that culture can be very painful for a lot of people. Um, Kirby, Southern Baptist Church. Uh, council is doing something that they have not done before. Yeah. I'm interested to see what it's going to turn out like. Tell the people about it. Yeah, and we might have discussed this before, but I wanted to reiterate this because this is this is very this is a very big deal. Um, as Auntie uh, Nick mentioned, you know, church is a culture in the South. It is its own uh, entity um, in a lot of ways, but it also has always been very private. Um, and the Southern Baptist Convention is actually uh, which is the largest Protestant denomination in America, by the way, um, said in this past week that they will release a secret list of hundreds of pastors and other church affiliated personnel accused of sexual abuse. And I think this is really poignant because, um, especially as black women, um, a lot of the abuse and violence that is propagated against us um, is with is from people within our community. And especially a lot of sexual violence and sexual misconduct is perpetrated against black women within the black church and also um, uh, black men and black boys as well. Um, but I'm just speaking from, from my perspective and my understanding and some of the anecdotal evidence that I know, because I have uh, family and friends um, who have been affected uh, by sexual misconduct by uh, the church, specifically the Baptist church. Um, it notes here that an attorney for the Southern Baptist convention, um, their executive community announced a decision during a virtual meeting. Um, called in response to a a scathing investigative report detailing how the committee mishandled allegations of sex abuse and stonewalled numerous survivors. Um, During the meeting, top leaders and several committee members vowed to work towards changing the culture of the denomination and to listen more attentively to the survivors' voices. Uh, The report was actually 288 pages 
which was released uh, Sunday after a seven-month investigation and contained several explosive revelations. Among those were details of how D. August Boto, the executive committee's former vice president and general counsel, and former SB- and former SBC spokesman Roger Oldham kept their own private list of abusive pastors. They both retired in 2019, how convenient, and the existence of the list was not widely known within the committee and its staff. Quote, despite collecting these reports for more than 10 years, there is no indication that Oldham and Boto or anyone else took any action to ensure that the accused ministers were no longer in positions of power at SBC churches. Bodo joined, the, uh, Bodo joined uh, the executive committee actually back in 1995 and became an executive vice president and general counsel in 2007. Um, on Tuesday, the committee released a statement singling out and denouncing Bodo's words written in the communication to survivors and their advocates that, quote, continued dis- discourse between us, the executive community and the survivors advocates, um, and that it would not be positive or fruitful. So, you know, like I said, it is... And this is not just for the black church. This is the Southern Baptist Convention in totality. So this is going to affect all churches that fall under the Southern Baptist Convention. Um, And that is a lot of major churches potentially. And so I'm interested to see, you know, are they truly going to release the list? Obviously, we want to know whose names are on the list. Uh, We all know of some very high profile situations related to sexual misconduct and abuse in a number of churches across the country. So I'm interested Mm -hmm. to see how that's going to affect the convention um, as a whole, how it's going to affect the churches that are a part of the Southern Baptist Convention and um, and executive committee. And above all else, is there going to be some levels of accountability um, taken for this behavior from the top down, allowing people to remain in positions of power and allowing that abuse to be propagated, you might as well be the abuser. So you need to be held accountable as well and to keep a list for 10 years and not say anything or not reprimand anybody or hold anybody accountable. That essentially means to me that you were saying that the behavior was okay. And, you know, it's 2022. We've got to continue to figure out ways to protect each other, protect um, and especially protect minors, because there's also oftentimes a lot of sexual misconduct against minors in the church. We can talk about the Catholic church and their situation as well. Um, But no one should have to be worried about their sexual safety going into spaces where people of God and the house and and the Lord is supposed to be uh, being honored. That is not something that we should be concerned about, you know? Um, And so I just hope that the, whatever happens with this, that all the people who have been participating in this type of misconduct are held accountable in this situation. Cause this is, this is absolutely crazy. 10 years of information that y'all been sitting on and then you resigned in 2019. Yeah. You was, you was, you was doing too much. Mm-hmm. Mm, Kaylee. Um, it's just sad. Um, and I think we have a problem in America and I don't know if this is a problem in other countries with inst- our institutions that insulate themselves from the public and protect their own above the good for you know the people that are a part of the the greater public good good. so whenever i hear these stories it's just like how can you hide despicable acts whether we're talking about the church or police departments or things that might be going on in certain schools or whatever um that self-preservation thing um i think it's a very american thing Um, and it just makes me sad, uh, that, you know, people are, you know, people are suffering. Absolutely. I mean, I think that we probably all know there are going to be some very surprising names, maybe some high profile names, um, on that list. There are probably some people shaking in their boots and doing whatever they can to get their name taken off of that list. Anytime somebody's keeping 
names, you know, it's never something, nothing good. Um, I'm also inclined to ask, what was you keeping a list for? Right. You know, um, what, what were you doing? Was this blackmail? Were you getting something out of this? Because I just don't see somebody keeping a list for 10 years, but didn't take any action. Unless they were getting something out of the deal. So I don't, I, I hope this person doesn't think that they're some type of hero. Um, because you're not. And to me, it looks very suspicious mm-hmm. um, on, on his part as well. But um, yeah, th- th- this isn't something that I would expect it from the Southern Baptist Church. So mm-hmm. either way, we'll see. And I, I hope that however it came out and whatever the intentions were, I hope that if, if there are any victims that were affected by this, that this brings or helps to bring some sort of healing mm-hmm. towards them and, and works to get people to make better choices and move in safer manners so that we can, uh, like Kirby says, like stop this, this, this habit, this, this, this culture, this. Yeah. And it's not just about the church. I mean, in a, not even just America in the world we have problems we have a lot of problems with sexual misconduct whether it's folks touching children whether it's folks abusing uh, people uh, via their power in the organizations that they're in Um, we've talked about sex trafficking on on the podcast multiple times and especially here in Georgia so sexual misconduct just seems to be a global huge issue and it keeps growing and growing and growing and it's like you know, I'm not even trying to be funny. Like, y'all need to learn how to masturbate. Like, stop messing with folks. You mm-hmm. are literally ruining people's lives. There are folks out here who are whole grown folks who can't have healthy relationships and don't have a healthy relationships with sex, which is not a negative thing, which sometimes the church has a tendency. And some churches have a tendency to try to propagate it as a negative thing. Mm-hmm. I, I understand outside the, the realms of marriage and all of that. But you're really, really messing folks' minds up out here, and especially when you're messing with kids, and especially when you utilize violence along with sexual misconduct, or uh, utilize, uh, try to leverage your power in an organization in order to perform any type of sexual misconduct. You're really messing up people's lives out here. Um, and then, you, you know, they get to crying and uh, backpelling and pussy popping like they are Kelly when they get caught. But it's like, you was perfectly fine when you was messing up somebody else's life. So please don't cry for me, Argentina, at this point. I mean, it definitely, um, even in our intro, you know, when I tell you about what a young auntie is, I tell you all the things we, we're trying to do, all while trying not to be sexually assaulted while doing so, and that is very true. Because mm-hmm. every day we are in our homes, out of our homes, we are thinking about our safety and how we can be safe mm-hmm. um, and not be attacked and victimized. Um, and, and that's a reality. Uh, you you hit the nail on the head, um, and it's not it's not even just about teaching people how to masturbate. It's about teaching, understanding, teaching, demonstrating, reinforcing healthy sexual habits mm-hmm. um, from a young age, teaching these children as children and con- continuing to reinforce those things and demonstrate those things as they continue to grow up and to hold people accountable and correct them at any point when they step outside of what is appropriate. That is what we need to be doing. And and masturbation is just, is is one part um, of 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 that equation. So until we do that, we're gonna we're gonna have people confused and not knowing what's appropriate, what's not appropriate, and how to handle certain things on both ends. Well, clear, yeah, and clearly these preach preachers and and pastors don't know what's appropriate or inappropriate either, because perhaps they've been raised up in that same 
culture. repressive mm-hmm, culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they perpetuate it or they've been told to take a vow of celibacy or they feel like it's what whatever it is, whatever the reason is that is bringing them shame around what they want. Now, if they're just straight up like pedophiles, I mean, yeah, you need to be shamed and you need to be out of the church. You need to be whatever, away from kids and all that stuff. Um, But if it's an issue of, you know, some of these defects may come out of that repressive culture and it creates certain perversions in people. Um, And my thing that I go back to is like that insular culture of church, police departments, other places that we're not talking about what's going on. Mm -hmm. And this should be a safe space. And if somebody is, is mistreating someone or doing something, you know, doing harm to others, like that should be stopped immediately. Like making a list and checking it twice and uh-huh. maybe be directing some kids like away from that church or, you know, not like Santa that's Claus. not enough. <laughs> it's just not. Santa Claus is kind of a creep though. I ain't never, I, you know, I, I know he's supposed to be fun and everything, but I ain't putting my kids on no Santa Claus lap. I'm, I'm, I'm past that point in my life. My sister was terrified of Santa Claus. She would ask Santa Claus lap. <laughs> Me, on the other hand, I had specific questions. <laughs> I was like, can we go see Santa again? Because I need to follow up. <laughs> Period. It was like, how exactly do you deliver the presents? Is it through the front door? Do you have a key? Is there consent permission? <laughs> you know, I, I had questions. You know, look, last year we talked about a pink Polly Pocket. I got a green one. So, Period. You know, did you, did you run out of materials? Did the elves make a mistake? They were like all the looking like, Who, who's the girl is this? Look, come get this child. Say cheese. Come get this child. Period. Um, but yeah, my sister was very freaked out by anything in a mask or a costume. Uh-huh. She liked it because she was like, nah, uh-uh, what's that? What's that about? Why well, I can't see? Uh-uh. No. So I get in That goes through it. She's like, I need to see your face. And that's and, another thing that I wish people would stop doing to kids, like when they're uncle. Like there's there are certain things and boundaries that kids have to have their boundaries pushed. But when kids are uncomfortable or feel unsafe, like and not to say your parents did that intentionally to your your sister, I'm not saying that, but like that comfort, like that comes from like that pastor who might be a little bit too friendly or something like that. It's mm-hmm. like when a kid has that little, has go with that, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And respect their boundaries too, because that could create like issues in people also. Like, oh, I'm forced to sit here and I have to be a good girl, or this is my job to smile and grin and bear it when I really am uncomfortable and no, I don't want to be in a man's lap, you know? If a child doesn't want to hug somebody, doesn't want to say hi, yeah. doesn't want to be touched, like, and that's what my parents are like. My sister, you don't see no pictures of her with none of them things, but you see all of them <laughs> with me. I was more than happy to go talk to the Easter Bunny about which money. Which egg gonna be the money egg? Tell me where it is. At my auntie house. What color is it? Where is it gonna be hidden? Again, they hit this much. How does this come get this child? <laughs> um, my sister was like, nope. And it was never like a no, go ahead. Go do no, she said no, she's good. Yeah. Um so yeah, I but but to, to Kaylee's point, a lot of times that could be very telling sometimes. Mm-hmm. If if all these kids have a certain feeling about a certain person. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, you know, y'all need to be looking like, what is it that they're sensing about this person that is making them feel so unsafe and so uncomfortable? Right. You know, and I'm not saying string that person up 
because it could be something else, but that's just something to pay attention to. And in general, quit leaving your kids with people Ooh, that, that you part. don't know and that haven't yes. been vetted. Yes. And even when you do, you need to keep your good eye open and be checking and asking questions and talking to your children. When my niece, my oldest niece was little, I remember a teacher, when I, one of the teachers in her class when she was in preschool, one of the comments they made was, Samaya talks too much. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. Because when, I, when we asked her, how was your day? That little girl ran down her whole day and would tell everything. Miss such and such pinched such and such, because he was taking too long to go to the potty. Mm. You know, because she's going to tell it all, not not knowing whether it's good, bad, or ugly. She's telling her whole day. And mm. we had conversations with her about things that are okay and not okay. Your your no-no spots, your yes but you know, who's who's allowed to do this with you, who's not. And when you prep your children, your children will respond. Right. And when she would tell her whole day, the teacher didn't like that. I said, well, if you ain't got nothing to hide, you shouldn't worry about what she coming home and saying. That and part. The owners heard about that and they addressed that lady and made it and let it be known. If we hear anything inappropriate coming out of this classroom, we're going to be dealing with that. Right. You know, um, th- these children should, it ain't no limit on what they could tell me right. as a parent or as a family member. And when you start teaching kids to stop talking or that they're sharing too much mm-hmm. or whatever pushing them into situations that they might be uncomfortable mm-hmm. with. like I was very shy as a child so I just didn't like being around people period it wasn't like they were freaky or creepy or whatever but if someone asked me it would be like they you know my parents knew me I'm an introvert I've always been one and so I just always been like kind of well as a child a very scary child but another child who you know is normally like very extroverted and outgoing if they're uncomfortable with someone like you should be asking them those questions but then there's other kids too who are naturally introverted and just might go along with the get along and not say anything but then for both it doesn't matter what your your personality type is it creates shame and that's what you know creates that larger issue like I'm holding a secret or I'm not doing something that I should be doing or should be comfortable in and then that can even if you have a bad feeling about somebody and they might not even be doing anything to you but it can create those thoughts in your mind that oh I don't have the power to say anything or this is a seemingly normal situation and I should be acting accordingly versus Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like taking your antennas Mm -hmm. down in some ways yeah and 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 that's and it causes silence, and that silence is where abusers like to live because it's powerful. Uh-huh. Um, speaking of children, is, Kayla, you, you're taking us right into our next topic about the. I know, even even my dad, my my dog is sad about it. Um, that's right, Striker. You tell him. <laughs> so U.S. Uh, births uh, rose last year, but they are still less than before the pandemic. Um, and so there was a 1% increase, which was a bit of a rebound from 2020 and 2021 after, uh, you know, the pandemic and all of that. However, come on, um, but there were still about, um, 86,000 fewer births last year than in 2019. Um, and so basically the concern was that, you know, we're still not returning to pre-pandemic levels. Um, and that U.S. births have had been declining um, for more than a decade before COVID hit, um, and that 
you know, everyone suspects that that pattern will likely continue. So, wow, that with, is so crazy. Uh, All is okay. well. I got you. So, like, I wonder sometimes as it relates to this whole birth rate thing, because that conversation has been coming up a lot, even pre-pandemic. And, you know, we've had the things that have been going on recently as it relates to um, Roe v. Wade potentially being overturned. And then we have, what is it, Texas and Alabama having abortion bans, essentially. So, you know, a lot of people have theorized that, you know, uh, our 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 brethren, our neighbors from the Caucasus Mountains, um, <laughs> have had a declining birth rate. And so that is where a lot of this legislation is coming from. So it's very interesting to hear those statistics and that information around, um, hear that uh, information around uh, that. I'm very, very interested to see how that works out. Um, with that said, we're going to run to a commercial break and we'll be back with y'all in just a moment. Two. Thank you all so much for sticking with us. We had to take a quick commercial break. Unfortunately, Auntie Nick has had a power outage. Somebody, the FBI agent in her iPhone or something like that is hating over there where she's at. But of course, y'all send all your love and and good energy over there. We're going to pick up where we were. We were talking about birth rates um, in America um, and how prior to COVID, we still have not gotten back to a quote unquote normal birth rate. And like I was saying, I think it's really interesting with everything going on in the U.S., the Roe v. Wade and um, all these different uh, states having um, abortion bans and even potentially putting bans or putting people in a situation where they can't even use a menstrual tracking app, which we discussed on a previous podcast, um, mm-hmm. in order to track their uh, track their cycle that could be used against you in court. I just think it's all interesting. We're at a very... Um, odd fork in the road in the u.s as it relates to these kids and like i said these folks from the caucus mountains are doing everything they can all kind of witchcraft and wizardry as if we're at the harry potter uh wizarding world trying to keep folks from being able to get access to health care specifically uh abortions and then in this situation trying to increase your population by oppressing the population and i just think that is so so very odd uh using let us legislation in that particular way but it's also not a surprise plus Side note, most of the folks that are childbearing age are still millennials and older zennials. We ain't got no money. Most of us ain't trying to have no kids. Right. And it's apparent that they literally, like, our generation is, like, the generation, like, fuck them kids. Like, we really Seriously. They're not on that shit. So they can do whatever they want. Like, birth rates are going to drop just because I feel like the consciousness of our generation and the generations um, after us I think we, you know, we have a, a higher level of consciousness. Like, we don't have to do this. A, a family life doesn't have to mean um, white picket fence with two and a half kids and a dog and a husband and all that. Like, absolutely not. I mean, at this point in my life, being a divorcee, um, if I do get into a long term relationship, committed marriage, whatever partnership again, I'm gonna be honest, I'm the baby. Put me to sleep. Fix my lunch, lay my clothes out at night. I don't, I don't, I don't have the energy right now. And maybe it's also, I've talked to friends about this. Also for me, it may be a situation where I just haven't found the person that made me want to shoot the club up like that. That's not my, that's not where I'm at. I still want to go skating on Saturdays. I'm still trying to get taken shopping. I don't have the energy to be dealing with these kids anyway. So y'all complaining about the birth rate. We don't want these kids. Like Auntie Katie said, <laughs> fuck them kids. We still kids. Hell, half right. adulthood. Excuse me, our young adulthood and teenage years was spent 
um, in all kinds of foolishness. We talked about it last week. We went through so many different life events and not saying our grandparents and our parents didn't, but multiple recessions, multiple wars, uh, now a pandemic, a 100 year pandemic. Like we done been through enough. We're trying to recover and trying to heal the inner child in us. That's the baby I'm trying to raise little bitty Kirby. Okay. Cause she's tired. Yes. It's just too much. And you know what? More people should think about that before they have kids also. Like, what do I need to be like the parent that I should be to whoever I bring into this world? Mm-hmm. If more people like actually sat and thought about that, which I'm glad and I think it's a good thing that more people are sitting back and thinking about that also. What world am I bringing my child into? Um, what defects do I have? What do <laughs> well, I need to deal with in myself? And can I really and truly be there and be the parent that this child deserves Um, bottom line maybe more people are starting to ask themselves those questions so we don't have a bunch of dysfunctional serial killers um running around here and and whatever else we got you know just just this dysfunction which uh, t kaylee you're so good at a segue we don't need no more dysfunctional serial killers and i really want to highlight really quickly transition to beto o'rourke uh going off uh, about the situation uh, that happened in Texas. He has been negatively affected by uh, other shootings before, and so he decided to stand up and speak his mind um, about this most recent situation. He actually interrupted Texas Governor Abbott, uh, Abbott's press conference, saying, quote, you're offering us nothing. Texas gubernatorial candidate Better work on Wednesday confronted Governor Greg Abbott during a press conference at the Uvalde, Texas Elementary School mass shooting, yelling, quote, you're offering us nothing. This is important because O'Rourke is challenging Abbott for the governorship and has been highly critical of the incumbent support of gun rights. Uh, what is being said is, quote, you're not only are you doing nothing, you are offering up nothing. You said that this was not predictable. This was totally predictable when you chose when you chose not to do anything, O'Rourke said before he was kicked out of the conference. Um, it's also noted that O'Rourke, after uh, after O'Rourke interjected, Texas, uh, Texas Senator Ted Cruz, his punk ass, told him to, quote, sit down. While Uvalde Mayor uh, Don McLaughlin called him a sick son of a bitch that <laughs> would come to a deal like this to make a political issue. And I'm going to need Republicans to stop playing like that because y'all make everything a political issue. Y'all would make uh, dragging uh, black people behind a truck a political issue if given the opportunity. And you probably was uh, over there with Walmart conspiring to do that Juneteenth uh, <laughs> stuff in the first place. So stop playing, Ted Cruz. And we're going to talk about you a little bit more later. But I. I do appreciate, and while I do understand <clears throat> this is a opportunity, a, a, a political op, uh, and, and Beto knows that, but again, y'all are all politicians, so you know the game. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that he was willing to take some of that same energy that Republicans be having for everybody and take it to them, because Republicans ain't got no problem with busting in rooms, disrespecting people, getting loud, talking over folks, asking uh, irrelevant questions. Hello, uh, Supreme Court Justice uh, Katanji Brown uh, Jackson. We sorry. Um, I just think it's really interesting that y'all can dish it, but you can't take it. So Beto, another fellow white boy, got up there and told y'all about yourselves, and you was in your teenage emotions. So shout out to you, Beto O'Rourke, uh, for saying something out loud. And while I do understand that it was a political op, uh, we got election season coming in multiple states. It is what it is, and we appreciate you telling your white homeboys uh, that you need to calm your puss. So Thank I'm definitely you. here for that. Thank you. Um, I mean, also, I, I, the only thing I can add on to that, um, it all could be talk. I know, you know, Beto is running also, so whatever. But, however, comma, speak out. Say what you say, you know, whether it's lip service or not. Um, 
I think the words need to be said and it could aw awaken consciousness in other people. And the more support a candidate has uh, behind them, you know, that's good. So even if he's just saying this, if, if it, it, I don't believe it was a political stunt. I do not. Mm -hmm. um, the fact that these same people were at an NRA convention after this mass shooting um, where all these children died and those two teachers, was it 19 kids and two che uh, two teachers? Mm -hmm. I think that's the count as of now. I mean, to sit up there and, and celebrate, gun I mean, I don't even know what you talk about at an NRA convention, but um, I guess it's about guns and how much you like guns and what laws you can effectuate to make them more available readily available and stuff like that like are you serious are y'all serious yeah it's just the foolishness um but you said something really interesting it's always good to speak out back to our auntie of the day yes auntie lisa lucas burt she spoke out at her portsmouth uh uh city meeting apparently there was another council person um, who had some information on some of the male council members, and I'm going to say male because y'all love calling us females, uh, <laughs> male council members that could have caused some, uh, could have caused a little bit of fool la la and they just conspired to fire her. And so Auntie uh, Lisa Lucas Burke decided to speak up um, after the Portsmouth city manager, uh, Angel Jones, was fired. That was a young lady that had some info on them, on them boys uh, during a Tuesday night council meeting in Portsmouth, Virginia. Uh, News 3 spoke actually with Vice Mayor DeAndre Barnes and reached out to other city council members to find out what was going on. Uh, four city council members voted to suddenly fire Angel Jones in Tuesday's city meeting, uh, council meeting. Three council meters, uh, members voted to keep her in office. Barnes believes Jones didn't do enough to tackle crime in Portsmouth. Quote, uh, when it comes to a particular issue, you got to talk to the people that's being affected. You can't sit in a meeting and talk at those people. You actually have to go into the community. However, News 3 spoke to a mother who was impacted by gun violence when her daughter was shot and says that Jones had been helping her and other gun violence survivors. Um, and so basically people were just rallying around Ms. Jones saying that she actually was being affected in the community. And so when it came in Monday's council meeting uh, that she had been voted out, Lisa Councilwoman Lisa Lucas Burke stated that the council members were getting paid for votes and see they didn't want to hear that either quote somebody came to my office and asked me to deal with this stuff because they've been paid two thousand dollars to get their vote on some stuff and I'm sick of it so she decided to go ahead and call them out not only on the firing of Angel but also on obviously political misconduct on behalf of her council members um, News 3 asked Barnes if he was aware of council members getting paid for votes quote I'm not aware of that I think that if she knows that type of information, she has a duty to report it to the police so that whoever is getting paid for votes uh, can go to jail. Um, at that point, Auntie Lisa Crank uh, got, got real crunk and she said, you know, I'm MF and pissed. She went off and started cussing in the council meeting. And um, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Councilman Barnes started beating his gavel saying, OK, we're going to have to shut this down. We're going to have to go to a recess. And she and she continued to let people know how she felt. No, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of y'all disregarding women and children and y'all up here acting like y'all don't know what's going on. Basically her referring to the corruption that had been happening, whether it was the voting issues or the fact that Andrew Jones uh, got voted off of the council uh, because of uh, unfair practices on behalf of the other council members. So again, shout out to you, uh, Auntie Lisa uh, Lucas, because something that I find interesting, anytime that a woman speaks her mind, anytime that a woman speaks up or tries to defend somebody, uh, respectfully disrespectfully some of y'all males just kind of get into your feelings and y'all talk about how we're the emotional ones and how we don't think rationally but you'll allow some fool la la hello southern baptist convention 
um, or other political rah-rah to happen. But when your potential threat uh, position is threatened because of your own bad behavior, you go and fire somebody and then get mad when somebody else takes up for them. So again, shout out to you, Auntie Lisa, for speaking up. And unfortunately, Auntie Lisa was uh, fired from her position. I mentioned earlier in the episode that she was supposed to have her term until December 31st of 2024, but they actually got her up out of there as well. Um, and later on, she also spoke on the fact that she feels that because there was already low women uh, representation of women on that council, that the men there were also targeting them in order to try to get them up out of there to do what they wanted to do. And I'm mm. telling y'all, men of the world, hear me well, hear me clear. You came through a woman, don't get ended by one, okay? Right. right. Y'all right. got to keep it cute out here. That's just that's, that's just too much. And I hope this is not the end of her, and I hope that she continues to fight um, and all of that. And sometimes, I'm sorry, you just got to cuss a motherfucker out, like she said. <laughs> I mean, sometimes. She did. Like, you know, um, and she dropped that a couple of times. <laughs> she did. But, she hit She hit the but, MF button about three times. <laughs> but you know what? We're all adults. So, like, for people to be like, oh, my God, like, aghast that an adult uses curse words is ridiculous. Um there's far worse things that adults are doing every single day um, and they might not curse at all. So that doesn't matter. I'm glad that she spoke out for her compatriot um, and her colleague, another black woman that she was trying. Well, I, I assumed. I'm not sure if Angel is black or not, but another black. woman at the very least. Okay. Another woman. Let me say that. Let me stick to that. Um, I hope that before she went on this rant that she mentally prepared herself um, to deal with the fallout um, and that she is strong enough to just continue on in her path because I think she would be an awesome, um, you know, person in politics and I, I hope she has a good political, you know, after um, voice we need like call people out you know bribes are happening and all that stuff i hope she doesn't stop i hope she blasts everybody out on that commission i hope she blasts them all out that's what should be happening that's what politicians should be doing absolutely and i understand decorum and propriety and all that good type of stuff i was on a debate team in high school and in middle school so i understand the need for good sportsmanship etc cetera, etc cetera, um and for being professional at your job because obviously, if any of us went to our jobs and got to cussing and fussing, it might be a particular potential situation. But, you know, we are human beings. We are flawed. And there, in some situations require nuance. And this situation calls call for a motherfucker. So that's what she brought. It is what it is. Um, I'm not mad at her for that. And I also feel like, again, 2022, like we spent the last two years literally going around on the most weird, freaky carousel um of our lifetime so at this point if y'all get mad because somebody cussing because they're passionate about something i can see where your priorities are and unfortunately in that situation she did put herself in a position to be removed from her position um but i do believe that she has the fortitude um as she is a member of delta sigma theta sorority incorporated i think she has the fortitude to press forward um and to possibly even start her own political campaign within uh portsmouth virginia and now that she's gotten this type of um <laughs> wide-ranging 
um, coverage, who knows what she'll be able to spin that out of. So I hope that she get the right PR company and campaign yes. manager and, and yes. marketing folks and website and whatever she need so she can continue to turn over those leaves of corruption to show yep. what people are doing and how they act in Portsmouth, Virginia. Because yep. she may even be the catalyst for other places having folks to stand up and say, you know what, enough is enough. Absolutely. She should be empowered and not embarrassed because what she said was absolute truth. Um, exactly so them should be getting behind her not running away from her and i hope that is what happens absolutely and with that said speaking of getting behind folks ted cruz uh got behind uh on his light bill um apparently <laughs> because uh an activist came and ran up on him and it was almost lights out um this of course was also around uh, the shooting in Texas because Senator Cruz being his tap dancing self was in agreement with things and the activists approached him um, and was like you know why would you go to the NRA convention and say all kinds of crazy things about what we don't need or do need around gun control knowing full well the situation that just happened and eventually the protester you know reminded him that some of the blood of these children and those people are on your hands because you're out here promoting uh, continued widespread poor gun control and don't get me wrong just like we talked about drugs earlier in the episode people gonna do what they want to do and I'm not saying that getting drugs off I mean not drugs getting guns off of the street is necessarily going to stop gun violence at the same time if people are there are if there are very easy ways for people to evade uh basic rules and laws or we don't have any basic rules and laws around um obtaining firearms things like psychological evaluations things like waiting periods things like um gun licenses etc things like not allowing people to conceal and carry in certain states etc we're going to continue to deal with stuff like this we've had two mass shootings in the last couple of weeks that we saw and auntie nick show, told y'all last week that uh it's may we're we're going into june and we've already had across the country 200 i think 22 mass shootings so that's 220 shoot mass shootings that haven't even been reported not to mention all the smaller quote-unquote shootings that happen where there may be four victims or less i mean every time i look at the news in atlanta literally every week there's three shootings in atlanta at least and those are again the ones that are reported um and that i guess apd managed to get a, a hold of and so again this activist was asking some legitimate questions of course he got strong-armed and pushed out of the restaurant that uh ted cruz was in but again ted cruz i say this to you uh, one citizen to another knowing your background and the fact that your father and yourself to a certain degree are for all intents and purposes despots um and 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 tax evaders uh through some of the religious business that you carry it, i'm it. just saying uh i think it is in your best interest to kind of back down a little bit at this point you already have put yourself in a negative position with Kata uh, with Supreme Court Justice Katanji Brown Jackson, among other things, and your base is really not believing in you. So you might want to find another uh, another platform um, or something else to talk about. This is not the time uh, to be playing around as it relates to gun violence. And the thing about it, we saw how you acted with the pandemic and COVID, and you had your family all in Mexico and Cancun and doing what y'all wanted to do. So you think that you're one of those types of people that can just put their dick on the table without any accountability. Well, this activist ran up on you while you was at dinner with your people so remember you still got to be amongst the people because you do represent the people um mm. and if you are willing to say okay we're not going to tighten up gun laws we're not going to do anything to try to curb these types of massacres or potentially utilize it as some type of political pawn do not be surprised 
if uh as they say and bill maher actually got put off the television for saying this but if the chickens come home to roost mm-hmm. i'm just saying you want to be mindful of that sir and i'm not wishing any type of evil or death or harm on your family but i know how universal energy works and you got to be careful about what you say and what you do words mean things and energy carries uh from one place to another you got to be careful out here yeah and um yeah definitely um and the response that ted cruz that really struck me um was that he immediately started blaming the democrats in the little clip that i saw oh lord you're democratic uh what are the democrats doing about this and what what are they doing they're the ones that are causing this i'm like you're literally at an nra convention bro like right right now also stacy abrams posted um this past week um, that gun violence is the number one cause of death for kids in Georgia. Wow, that is t- that is terrifying. But, but we don't have a problem. But okay, oh, okay, okay, uh, cool. Well, y'all, that is actually the end of our menu. Hate to end it on such a bad note because Ted Cruz's come over is just as bad as Kemp's. But hopefully, his come over get shaved, cut. Maybe his uh, his lawn will get mowed at some point in the near future but we appreciate y'all and we're about to move into another great part of the show book of the month which this month's book uh for may this is our last episode for may is a lover's truce uh by kellen m parham it is actually a book of poetry um love poems and kellen is actually close and dear to some of the auntie's hearts because we went to school with him and we were part of a poetry troupe the neo-century souls poetry troupe with him uh during our time period at jordan southern so please pick up your copy of a lover's truce Oftentimes, we typically do novels here. Love is Truth is, uh, Truth is actually a book of poetry, so it's a short read. Um, so if you um, are in love, not in love, in a relationship, not in a relationship, pick up the book. It's an opportunity to kind of get in touch with yourself, get in touch with love, what it means, its pain, its joy, etc. So again, get your copy where all books are available, Audible, Barnes & Nobles, etc. A Lover's Truth by Kellen M. Parham. And I bought it. It's lovely. And yes, it's a, it's a lovely collection okay. of poems okay 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 if you getting... want to be in love or been in love or falling out of love he covers it all so. absolutely all the aspects of love 360 degrees of love um <laughs> so definitely get you all's copy finish that out for uh the month of may that is the book of the month with that, let's move on to our let goes and returns as auntie nick often says sometimes you get your fries the fries ain't hot and you got to go ahead and take them back and be like, look, on my receipt, I ordered hot fries. Um, also, like we, like we said, we like to call it the let goes. Uh, this is an opportunity where we just take something that's been either getting on our nerves or that we observed and just let it go. Let it out. Uh, so for me, I'm going to start it off today. I'm going to keep it short and simple. Um, I mentioned earlier in the episode uh, that I've been having trouble making decisions. And some of those is trouble making decisions around um, dealing with relatives um and dealing with family specifically specifically relatives that ain't family so that's what i'm letting go of people that i am related to but they don't treat me like family um Mm -hmm. i've had some different circumstances in my life um that have led me to the place that i'm in um i have adopted family um i also have some of my natural born family and i have my chosen family um and something that a friend of ours brought up in conversation is that sometimes you may be blood related to someone but they're not really family to you they don't love on you they don't nurture you they don't care for you they don't check on you so this week i'm letting go of all the relatives that i got 
that ain't family. The folks that don't check on me, they ain't worried about my well-being. People that have tried to manipulate me and my family. People that have taken advantage of my kindness um, in my uh, that are my relatives. I'm letting go of every single one of y'all. Now, don't get me wrong. I still love you. And if it's an emergency, I might pick you up on the side of the road if I'm awake. Uh, but I don't have the energy, the range, or the emotional capacity uh, for that kind of energy anymore. Um, as we continue and move through this world, as I continue to move through this world, it's very important for me to curate my environment. And a part of that is uh, as hard as it is, is sometimes knowing that you got to let go of people that are not serving you. Uh, with that, I'm going to hand it over to Auntie Kaylee um, to tell us a little bit more. Did you have a let go or were you in the to-go box today? To-go box. Gotcha. Well, that is the only let go. So we're going to move on to the to-go box. And as Auntie Nick says, uh, the to-go box is you got something left over. You want to wrap it up in some aluminum foil and take it with you and eat on it later on. Auntie Kaylee, I'm going to let you give them a to-go box today. Um, so my to-go box for today is uh, for everyone to reset and reevaluate the relationships that you have in your life in order to protect your peace. Ooh. Um, I think that I think there's the culture now that, oh, if someone is doing something, cut them off. Or there's a lot of shame. That's the other side, flip side, and staying in relationships. Um, but I'm urging everyone to just sit back and reassess and reevaluate whether this person needs to be in my life. And maybe is there a conversation we can have or something we can do to make our relationship better where it benefits me? And it's not a harm to me. Do I care enough about this relationship to take those steps? Mm. Um, and if not, or if this person is a harm or harmful to me, um, being able to, you know, sit back and, and ruminate on ruminate on those issues and let those relationships go mm. safe and responsible way also. So um, I think that everyone should be if there's a, a constant source of stress for you in your life and it tends to center around the same one or two people that that's an issue mm. that should be addressed um and not everybody's able to not everyone goes through those steps mm. so just because you might be there and want to have that relationship and might be making those efforts. Um, I think sometimes sitting back and like, what can I do to help it? And then maybe sometimes and just thinking about it is like, there's nothing I can do to help the situation. Um, but maybe there is something you can do and better communication that you can have with someone or changing what the relationship is with that person. Or like I said, letting it go in a responsible fashion. Or if you want to cut somebody out, hey, I always, you know, support that too. Um, but yeah, that's what I would like to leave people with. Like, do not hold on to relationships that don't serve you or feel like are you feel are, are emotionally damaging to you. Mm, I absolutely Fix the ones you can. Fix the ones you can and move on from the ones that you cannot. I absolutely agree. And that is directly connected to the relative, letting go of relatives that ain't family because when someone says that they care for you, love you, uh, want to be around you, want to support you, it's not just about what they say, it's about what they do. And so I love that you mentioned resetting and, and reevaluating your relationships and giving yourself an opportunity to sit back and look at it in totality and say, what is this doing for me? How is it impacting my life? And should I allow it to continue to impact my life in the way that it is, be it positive or negative? So love that, Auntie Kaylee. Thank you. 
With that said, y'all, we have reached the end of the show. Again, as usual, we appreciate you all rocking with us and staying consistent with us. We've had a very interesting season four, and but it is also setting us up for an amazing season five. We got three more episodes, y'all. Only three more. We managed to make it seven weeks into the season. It yes. has been crazy, but we are continuing to work hard to try to make sure that we are bringing you some very interesting and fun and enjoyable content. We want you all to continue to engage with us. With that said, make sure you follow us on uh, Instagram at Extra Crispy Extra Wet. Also, send your comments, questions, concerns, and even the emotional outburst to hello at extracrispyextrawet.com. If you can't spell it, don't contact us because we like, you know what I'm saying, people that, you know, understand standard American English. We appreciate y'all. Um, and also, join us on Wednesdays during Active Seasons for Extra Wet Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, hosted by your favorite host, Auntie Nick. Um, and also, make sure that you um, drop down um, in our uh, our comments um, on Instagram. Tell us how you all are feeling about certain episodes. Tell us about topics that you want to hear about. Tell us how your day is going. We Whatever it is, we want to hear from you all. So we appreciate you. Um, and we are looking forward to getting uh, getting into the rest of the season with you all. With that said, are all hearts and minds clear? Absolutely. Well, wonderful. We've had a really, really great menu. Um, thank you for all the aunties for participating and providing really great commentary today. Uh, we don't like to say goodbye around here. We like to keep it real A-town. And we like to tell y'all, all right, then, shout it.